Uh. Live from Cool Boys Central. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the Cool Boys. Just the young boy. What? <gasps> what? <gasps> so cool. Cool? Cool. So cool. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I see Cool Boys. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to our intergalactic planetary killer installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. You know what Ballard always likes to say about Gerard Butler when he appears on the screen. My popcorn goes flying everywhere. He's so fit. I'm never trusting Ballard's opinion again, Felk. That's not true. Wow. And I'm Ballard is always right, Ballard. Uh. Now... I'm assuming, Felk, that you're never going to be trusting Ballard's opinion again. Yeah. Because back in the Songbird episode, uh, our spoiler cast for Songbird, at the end of the episode, I, I mentioned that I saw Greenland. I was lucky to see it early. And um, yeah, you were bragging. You weren't recommending. Don't don't. I, I loved it, but I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I said it was great, and I said you should watch it. But you didn't seem to care. Until the Weekly Planet, the Weekly Planet, the Weekly Planet decided to do something about it. I don't even know what, because I stopped listening to them in 2017. But I assume it was probably during um, what we reading, what we going to read. Da 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 da. I'm doing the theme song. Ba ba ba. Da 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 da. What are we reading today? They still, they still, they still use that. Yeah. Mr. Sunday James and and Mr. Mason. Yeah. by Nick Mason. Okay. Why do you hate Mason? Okay, first of all, I actually do like the Weekly Planet a lot. I stopped listening to it a long time ago because in 2017, I started a podcast, and I wanted to talk about superhero stuff and movie stuff, and I didn't want to have content that I could take from them on accident, even if it was just like subconsciously. Mm. Um, but Mason's just kind of a douche. Yeah, I get I, that. He, he's funny, but he's a little bit of a douche. I think James is actually pretty fucking cool. Uh, I, I get that. Uh I, I listen to it. Here's why I it's it's literally the only <laughs> entertainment or movie podcast I listen to or or can listen to at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some sane podcasts out there, but at least with this one, all the other podcasts I listen to are political. And this one, uh, I can uh, just kind of say like, okay, it's okay that they don't get it because they're Australian. It's okay that they don't understand freedom. Or freedom of speech and all the things that are being ripped away from us that they don't understand the concept of like, I mean, the, you know, Australia was a, a nation founded by, founded for and by convicts, you know, co- so of course they don't, they don't understand that like, it's bad that people want to take away Americans guns. They never had guns because no one would trust Australians with them. So, oh, dude! But the hottest inmates—they must have been the hottest inmates. I mean, yeah, the Australian the women hottest being, people. Nah, nah, the, nah, I don't think so. I think that oh. Australia. No, that's, Australia just puts that best face forward. We are constantly at war here on the Cool Boys podcast. Not Felk and I, but Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth on this on this show is always at war with each other about who's actually the better Chris. And um, Hemsworth, it's all because he's Australian. I mean, that's where most of his power is coming from. Chris Pratt is the best Chris. No, Pratt is always perfectly, like, he's he's the Pratt you take home and you marry. But we're, I mean, no one marries here on Cool Boy 
We fuck. So, Chris Hemsworth and, and Chris Pine will cheat on you, just like Gerard Butler's character did to his wife in, in Greenland. Uh, they'll, they'll cheat and Chris on you. Evans has Chris a big Evans will cheat on you with a man and be like, and it doesn't count when cock. I suck a dick. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Pratt, will, he'll, he'll maybe make you go to church on Sunday, but he won't cheat on you. He loves you. Let's get back to the show. All right. So you're mad. You're mad at me. The fact that it was it was Weekly Planet's description and recommendation. Yeah. Of now, who Greenland. was it? Was it Mason or was it uh, James that actually recommended it, or both? Is it something that they're both in on? Both. They both. They both said it was probably the best movie of the movies. The scant amount of movies that were released this year. Well, I fucking agree with them. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So yeah, it's we'll, really good. We'll, I mean, let's, let's just so we'll cool. Get into it. <laughs> this episode, we will be popping our Jerry Cherry. Woo! So we will forgo our cool boy updates. Is that <gasps> is this our first movie review with Jared Butler? And get right so. into Gerard Butler is Greenland in <laughs> Greenland. And all he the is. fabulous boaters he has given us. Oh, so many boaters. So spoilers from here on out for Greenland. And probably Deep Impact, Armageddon, and the fucking Has Fallen movies, I'm guessing. And, and maybe even Bart's Comet from The Simpsons. Okay. <laughs> it's time for spoilers. Ain't it cool? I misspelled Greenland. I added a one there, so I will... Uh, we're going to give a... Before we rate Greenland, England, <laughs> a quick... Cool boy rating of past films in the franchise. No, this right. isn't this a franchise is a movie. It's a trilogy. So the trilogy started with Deep Impact in uh, in uh, what was that? It was a uh, May of '98. Then Armageddon, June '98, and then Greenland finally finished the trilogy December 2020. Um, I, I, I uh, well, there was all those other yeah. asteroid movies, weren't there? Yeah, but, I mean, like, not really good ones. Not ones like this. Greenland is only at the same level of these other two films. But I would say Greenland is a lot more like 2012. Wait, are there any? A lot of uh, yeah, 20, I guess 2012 is not an asteroid. No. Uh, knowing is a sunspot or something? It's not an it's, asteroid. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sun flare-up or whatever, whatever they call that, that like a sun sun glare. What the hell they call that? The big sun, sun flare. Sun flare, yeah. Solar flare. Um, Solar flare, there you go. There is, of course, the movie uh, released about a month before Deep Impact, the NBC TV movie Asteroid, starring Michael B. Yes. It was horrible. I watched it. I remember it. Yeah, I did not like it. I remember feeling like this felt like TV budget. And at it that was. time, TV budget was like the Shining TV budget. And the Shining TV special, which was like, what, two nights, four nights? It's bad. It was bad. They were just playing around with computers, and they had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> All right. We need to like, actually review a movie within the first, like, 30 minutes of the episode titled for that movie for once. So let's move Deep on impact. and go ahead. And, and what is your boy ranking for Deep Impact, the first theatrical asteroid movie directed yeah, by well, a there woman? There were some in the 70s. There was, I think, I think uh, Sean Connery was in one. Right, well, we're just doing Deep Impact and Armageddon. Wait, Sean Connery yeah. was in an asteroid movie? I think so, yeah. Something like something old school. Something even called maybe like Meteor or something hmm. like that. Well, the, um, the role for Armageddon was written for Sean Connery, so the Bruce Willis role. Because the really? actual guy is British. The guy like the guy they based Bruce Willis' character off is British. Patrol All right, TV. I got to look into it. I, I, Sean Connery was in some asteroid film. I don't know what it was. I'll look into it. But the um, you, uh, there were like a bunch of shitty like asteroid movies. 
and and like uh you know that didn't really mount up to anything that like like uh deep impact or armageddon and greenland i would say is the first time i've ever saw anything i was like holy fucking shit this is close a lot of times they recommend dinosaur as one of those um i guess that's how you an asteroid movie yeah and then there's night of the living comet or night of the comet okay sean connery is in meteor 1979 hmm. and he looks like the sean connery from um, meteor what's the movie where he discovers cancer oh medicine man yeah, he, he looks like he, Sean he finds a medicine. cure for cancer. He doesn't discover cancer. Oh, I okay, found the cure for cancer and I lost it. Is that what he says? I yeah. never watched that. You ever lose something? You like lose your keys? I lost the cure for cancer. It's like in the he trailer. He does not say that shit. There's no way that's in the movie. It's it's in the trailer. Oh my god, have you seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie. I don't think no. Let's read. I think rate deep impact. <laughs> I, no, I think we should um do an episode about Medicine Man because I've never seen it. I'm sure it's not. So a yeah, good movie. Sean Connery was in Meteor 1979, and he looks exactly like the character from uh, Medicine Man. Okay, so Deep Impact. Yeah, dude. So I was like more excited about Deep Impact when this was coming out. I remember Entertainment Weekly who talked about like you know, oh my god, it's like, it's like you know the fact that we have like these two films like Volcano and whatever it was uh, Dante's Peak, similar times. And then you're like, oh, we're gonna get uh, you know asteroid movies at similar times. And so it was definitely a battle of Deep Impact versus Armageddon that summer, yeah. May and June of 98. Katzenberg v. Disney and Bruckheimer. Well, see, the thing about Deep Impact had behind it for me was Spielberg, right? And it had the um, He was barely from, involved in it, as far as no, I know. Ve- true, but he's, he threw his name on it. And it had the director from Pacemaker and from ER. Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, but she was an ER director as well. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember her name. She also directed I can't remember that. remember her name. What? I can't remember. What is it? It's a woman. It's a, I mean, it's a woman. Uh, but the point, yeah, she directed the Peacemaker, uh, and then back to back. Peacemakers, I said Peacemaker. Yeah, and then back to like back to back immediately started working on Deep Impact, uh, and then made that fucking uh, uh, Pay It Forward movie. <laughs> and I don't think she worked much after that. Mimi Letter. Mimi Letter. That's it. Yeah, Mimi. Well, Old Deep Mimi. Impact. So I, I rewatch it not. I mean, within the last five years, because it was on Netflix. Same. Same. And Elijah Wood, in, in his early scene in the film where he's looking up at the night sky, reminds me of Bart's Comet from season six of uh, The Simpsons. No, we're still on Deep Impact. Bart's Comet's a I know. Entry. I'm saying, but Deep Impact reminds me. That moment reminds me of Bart's Comet. Bart's Comet came out in 95, so a lot Oh, earlier. yeah. Simpsons, well, uh, that's not a Simpsons predict. Deep Impact could have been. No, no, part, no. Simpsons predict it. Just everyone does Comet episodes. It didn't really happen. Uh, at some point, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Deep um, Impact, uh, my problem with it, uh, it can be summarized as this. It is a tell-not-show movie. Um, yeah. A, a lot of, uh, uh, I can't remember her name now, uh, the... Anchor woman character. Tia Leone. Tia Leone, thank you. Nobody remembers Tia Leone. Uh, I knew Bad Boys. What? Bad Boys, Family Jurassic Man. Park 3. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Your t- best role. Uh, she, she she was constantly like just behind the news desk being like, the comet is coming. It's going to break apart. And there's like a, a crappy little graphic behind her. You know, and Armageddon just fucking shows everything. It's, it's explosions. It's fucking several times the budget. Deep oh, Impact yeah. is a lot of people talking about the comet. A lot of people in rooms. You talking cut to the president a bunch, and he's just like, "We're gonna try this missile plan," and then it like cuts away to a whole bunch of scenes, and then comes back to the president and goes, "The missile plan didn't work." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there, there was a, I mean, Morgan Freeman does a lot of heavy lifting in that movie, and uh, oh, there's a whole kitchen scene where he's introduced to the president in a kitchen. Who's introduced to him? 
Uh, Tay Leone's introduced to the president secretly in a kitchen, some random restaurant because they can't have it, you know, on the books or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is before there are cameras everywhere and cell phones that, like, you know, people could take photos with. Like, there's also that, a lot of silly like stuff today. in terms of presidents. We'll get into that with Greenland, uh, but there's not much president in Armageddon. But there's a lot of president in deep impact, and uh, the 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 some of the things the president there's does not in that much movie. President in Armageddon. He's a shared universe president. Yeah, but he's only in like maybe 90 seconds of the movie. Doesn't fucking matter. His connection to The Rock gives me two movies worth of content in my head. All right, calm down. What has this president been doing? Uh, but the president in Deep Impacts, uh, like early on when the comet comes out, everybody knows that the comet's coming. He's like, all right, I'm declaring martial law. There's a curfew at 9 p.m. Uh, and I'm doing a price freeze, meaning nobody can jack up prices for, like, a bottle of water or anything. And it's like... I love it. Now we know president saying shit doesn't do anything. I mean, we knew it then, too. But, like, we, we were still We've supposed to believe that. that Clinton was a good president. And, uh, no, no. Th- Morgan Freeman was not an answer to Clinton. Morgan Freeman was... Obama. A response to... Yeah, essentially that, that America wanted Obama. But we just didn't know it yet. And we, we were waiting for an Obama, but we all wanted Morgan in the meantime. No, and, tw- good- and, and David Palmer, of course. We, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, I'm we, sorry. We, we had a lot of really good show. fictional black presidents, mm-hmm. and then we had a black president who, completely irrelevant to his race, uh, wasn't a really great president. <laughs> I love Obama. Okay, that's fine that you love Obama. I love him. What's your favorite mostly, policy that Obama, Obama instituted? Obama, if you're into fucking straight dudes, call me. What's your favorite change <laughs> in American policy that you liked during Obama, the eight years of Obama? Oh, my God. I love that he started rounding up Mexicans coming over the border and throwing them in cages. Okay. That's a fair answer. <laughs> but a troubling one. Who built the cages, uh, no, that's Joe? True. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully those, you know, those uh, comments give us listeners. My point is it's hard, right? You can't really. What's hard? You, n- none come to my mind. Dick? Obamacare is a fucking failure. Oh, actually, you know, one of my favorite things he did... Hodges was also... a Supreme Court decision he just took credit for. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, okay, here's the thing. The, the, the presidents, the, the whole president shit is getting to the point it feels like that, like everyone is constantly looking back eight years, and, we, and I feel like the country's being held hostage in the process. I just want us to move forward into the 21st century and we're like nah nah like remember back when like Bush did shit yeah but like Bush did that shit cause Clinton did that shit and it's like yeah but Clinton did that shit cause fucking Bush and Reagan did that shit it's just like no the it, things I liked about the last four years are entirely new to the last four years no it's not and your specific issue I'm talking about it's just the conversation in general alright well that's much confusing much more confusing and difficult to debate well so let's move on Deep Impact what are your boys have you given your boys a Deep Impact oh I'll give it two and a half it's 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 such a mad that movie that good it's, huh wow it's such a mediocre film I think it is really mediocre I, okay so Deep Impact it got I think it got uh, scolded in the media like Entertainment Weekly type media um, because they showed the they showed the money shot in the trailer like the the actual comet smashing in, in into the uh, ocean, and like, it was like, oh fuck, dude, you just kind of like just told me this happens. Armageddon, we'll get into a second, and it's money shot. It shows Paris getting wiped out, but you could assume that's the world, but you don't know. Yeah, and and you see more 
tragic events in the beginning of Armageddon in New York, even right. So like, no, Armageddon added that shot for the trailer in response to Deep Impact. That was like the last thing shot was Paris getting blown. And it's not even the money shot, right? No, it's I mean, not like even the money shot. Deep Impact uses so money, money shot money in the shots. trailer for a simple reason because uh, the DreamWorks movies. I'm talking about just DreamWorks were cheap, right. and then they, of course they partnered with I guess Universal for Gladiator and. I forget who Saving Private Ryan was, but it was definitely like it, it, it was Paramount. I feel was like it was Paramount? Paramount. I feel like it was Paramount. Um, it, I mean, like they couldn't finance movies on their own anymore, and they still can't. Now they're just—I mean, DreamWorks doesn't make movies anymore. I don't even know who they are. Uh, they make uh, TV shows, and they um, it, DreamWorks Animation is still crushing it. Are they? What was the um, last big movie? Ice Age Seven. Crudes, Crudes, uh, A New Age was actually really good. Oh, Crudes. Okay. Uh, all yeah, right. that that just that just came out. Um, I would say you gave Deep Impact two point five out of five boys. I would actually give Deep Impact Deep Impact two out of five boys, and that's I feel like that's generous, honestly. Um, I didn't. I, I mean, great. It's boring. You, you showed me the you showed me the money shot in a trailer, and I'm not like pissed about it. Uh, Saving Private Ryan was DreamWorks and Paramount and Amblin mm. and mutual film. Um, but I, I'm not pissed that you gave me the money shot. I think it's stupid. It's not. I mean, it tried to get me to see the movie, and it, I did. I went and see it, saw it in the theaters. But uh, the movie's really boring, and it doesn't have this like you don't have the value for life because you're not caring for any of these characters. Even though you naturally value life, you're not caring for any of these characters and their lives and their and their traumas and their and their hurdles. And so right, when it becomes like Elijah Wood and Lily Sobieski like on a dirt bike or a moped or whatever the fuck it was going up a hill to try to get away from the wave like i didn't give a shit because we, we became way too personal and we became way too uh clinical and we were too sterile and i didn't give a shit and it's okay. like this whole moment's happening where the wave is wiping out like the planet and Taylor with her dad on a beach and they just get wiped out like the end of rogue one. Oh yeah she dies and at the end of the movie doesn't she she does like rogue one it's like when i saw rogue one i'm like this reminds me of deep impact okay but uh, yeah, I so I mean, Deep Impact was just like, it was just like I like the fantasy of what happens when an asteroid's gonna come into contact with Earth. Clearly, but you were just, really excited about Greenland before you even saw it. I waited till people recommended oh, yeah. it outside of well, you. Well, <laughs> I also was excited about Greenland because of Jerry, dude. I fucking oh my god, I'm a tart. I love Ger Gerard Butler, but um, oh, okay. I. Deep Impact. Jerry. It's just like, it failed. It just failed, I thought. And I give it, yeah, two out of five boys. No, it's succeeded, in what, it, it succeeded in what it was trying to do. Does Ants, I mean, it succeeded more than Ants did. But of other Katzenberg ripoffs of Disney properties, Deep Impact was designed to suck off Armageddon's oh. power. It's, it's box office. <laughs> sucking up. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Deep Impact wasn't, though, sucking off Armageddon's power. They both were created around the same time. No, Deep Impact so, was fat was created after Armageddon already was in production and Katzenberg left. He fast he grabbed the script about an asteroids and fast tracked the movie to fuck over Disney. And he did the same thing with Ants. Ants like started its, its production after Who a did Bugs Life. Deep Impact's though uh, CGI effects? Because back then it wasn't multiple houses. It was like one house would do a whole movie. Was that digital domain? Because I could swear ILM did Armageddon, and I can't imagine they did also deep impact that would have been Digital like domains owned by bay I, I don't i don't think so i think it would be the other way around deep I impact would probably the other way around but uh ilm and bay go to hand hand like uh, there was a lot of price. other effects houses that were small people don't realize how many there were 
Yeah, but you didn't also deep use impact a lot does not have that many special then. effects. All right. Well, special effects, yeah, but still, you didn't use a lot of small houses. You may have used like one small house to do this one shot or this one scene, like with the waves, because they did really good like liquid effects. Okay. But then <laughs> everything else would be done by a, another house, really. Like it was rarely that we would spill it out in '90s and '98. I mean, it was it was you had ILM and you had digital domain. That was it. I don't think that's true, but sure. Um, I, but I can't name any of the major effects companies off the top of my head. I can name physical effects companies because they're still around, like KY and, and the Adlin Brothers or whatever the fuck those people were. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of digital, it was, it was what? It's an art. It's physical. Yeah. All right. Dude, it's amazing. We're at 20-something minutes, and we haven't even right, talked Armageddon. about Greenland. Armageddon. Coming out of the theater, Armageddon was a five-out-of-five-boy film over Four. time. It has lost maybe half a boy. I'll say 4.5 out of 5 boys for me. Armageddon I will say, is a near-perfect film. I will say Armageddon is a 4.5 out of 5 boys as well. Yeah. Armageddon has Aerosmith like doing everything they can for this movie. It Four has, songs, I think. <laughs> it, it made Liv Tyler hot. Hot enough that I thought her as Arwen was a good idea. I'm okay with Arwen. It's just that she doesn't do anything for me. But Liv Tyler, I don't think is hot, and but I actually thought she was hot in Armageddon. Ben Affleck, they, they make him so stupid, but I love it, and I love him, and I even love it more now that there's a Ben Affleck commentary track, and I wish I could yell Felk or Johnny play that tape, and you'd play some Ben Affleck shit. I have it. It's on the fucking Armageddon Criterion Collection DVD. I know, and you won't share it with me. I want that fucking commentary track so I don't know bad. how to share it with you, nor do I care that much. <laughs> I care so much. You can figure it out. You'll get it. Hey, Phil, really did I give it. you a Christmas gift? Did I give you a Christmas gift this year? I forget. Yeah, I gave you primer. Oh, yeah, that's right. You gave me primer even though I got primer on myself. <laughs> Wait, I got what was a my DVD Christmas gift? primer. What Thank was my Christmas the, gift? Thank you for the HD primer. The fucking re-edits of Dunkirk? You sent that to Dorn, too. It's, it's, it's not a Christmas oh, gift. I, if, oh, if, no. I was talking about the wine. The wine. Oh, uh, the wine was fantastic. I haven't drank it yet. I'm I, 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 sorry. I forgot about it. But it was fantastic. <laughs> Is that what you about to say? <laughs> No, the Anyways. wine was very lovely. Thank you hey, very much. Hey, have you seen the new Dunkirk? Did you watch my new Dunkirk edit, The Sea? Because, by the way, Cool Nation, no. if you're following this, I had enough people actually reach back to me after watching The Air, which was the uh, Tom Hardy portion of the movie cut in one film. Um, I don't remember which episode we talked about this prior, but I'll just mention it again. And then uh, because I cut that version of The Air, uh, I had a couple of friends reach out, and they were like, cut the Sea version. And I was like, okay. And so, Felk, did you watch that yet? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. I've been mm. working. Fuck you. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get back to that later, I guess. All right, Armageddon. Um, yeah, I uh, I really like Armageddon. I like the drama. I like the melodrama. I thought the social effects were amazing. I didn't care if the physics mattered when it came to landing a, a fucking shuttle on an, an asteroid hurtling towards Earth. None of the physics matter. It did it. I love the drilling scenes. They were fun. They felt like drilling. They felt like Maxim. The whole movie felt like I was watching Maxim the movie. And I loved it. It was stuff at Maxim and FHM all mixed together. That was about, that was about when Maxim came into public consciousness. It was. It's not, a, Maxim, it's not a very Maxim Maxim movie because Maxim's all about like showing off hot chicks, and Armageddon has Liv Tyler as his hottest chick. There's also it a had blonde the sex astronaut. club scene. There's Part a sex six. club scene. What? There's a sex club scene. There was absolutely not. There's a strip club scene. Do you not know oh, the difference? Oh, strip club, sex club. I didn't know what they were doing. I assumed they were sexing these women. 
No, that's that's a that's a fucking church that was condemned in Los Angeles. <laughs> I love Michael Bay. And that's I that's that, no that, that this is from the fucking commentary track that you want to listen to so much. I need um, to listen to it. The uh, that, that that is they shot that scene at a condemned church in Los Angeles and they lit it and they just hired a bunch of fucking models who were fully clothed because it's a PG thirteen movie. I mean they're wearing lingerie and 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 like. In the commentary, Ben Affleck's like, so this is, in Michael Bay's brain, this is what a strip club in Texas looks like. Oh, my God. Well, they were it's playmates. Not. They're definitely playmates there. Yeah, of course there are, because it's Michael I Bay. I forget which one was a, uh, the one that, um, the one that gets all personal with whoever and gets all up close to the camera, that's like a fucking famous playmate. Oh, I can't remember her name, but I totally beat the one. Yes, yeah, one, the one who likes Steve Buscemi and, and comes to him at the end. I think, yes, okay, yes, yes, yes. And she's like, I, I love you, I stay, I, I wait for you. I'm sure. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. He's fucked he's a lot of, Michael Bay has fucked a lot of playmates. She Buscemi probably hasn't. Ben Affleck probably has. Who do you think's fucked the most playmates? Bay, probably. Ben Affleck probably likes more hooking up with A-list or celebrities. He's like, I got J-Lo. And, and everybody's like, dude, you know J-Lo's like not that hot though, right? J-Lo's not that hot. So he's like, oh, really? And like, yeah. And he goes, what about Jennifer Garner? And they're like, yeah. She yeah, she's hot. super hot. Get her. <laughs> Alias. <laughs> That's the fucking show to, to fucking bet your life on. Well, Armageddon's also, alcohol. Fucking... Drink a lot, Ben. Drink, just, keep, just keep on drinking. And then when you come ben out of rehab, make a fucking movie like about Bay a basketball coach hookers. coming out of rehab. And then when that yep. goes in the theaters, nobody gets to see it because COVID oh, happens. I'm watching it. I'm watching that movie for sure. Easily. Easily. Anything Ben Affleck does. Talking while playing I talk. on my on my TV. Ben Affleck, if you want to fuck a straight dude, call me. All right, moving on. Felk, we've talked about Armageddon enough without talking Have about Armageddon at all. Okay. Here, I, okay, what's your favorite character in Armageddon that is not Bruce Willis or Ben Affleck? Fucking Billy Bob Thornton. Are you kidding me? Billy Bob Thornton steals say, that movie. I was about to say, and not Billy Bob Thornton, because he's like the other storyline. So, yeah, get rid of Billy. They actually hired a Texan to play a Texan. It's fucking weird. Well, see, the thing is, is Billy's one storyline. Bruce and Ben kind of share a storyline together, but they're kind of separate because they go in different shuttles and whatnot. Well, it's all one storyline. Deep Impact has who, multiple storylines. Armageddon's one movie. It, oh, yeah. Armageddon's way more one movie than Deep Impact. But who's your favorite character that isn't a direct storyline character? So Stormare. not Billy, not Bruce, not Ben. Peter Stormare. Ooh, yeah. Introducing the second act. Good call. I mean, well, I, I like when they're going with Steve Buscemi's character that he's just like this horny, like, genius. He's got uh, space but, dementia. But it, it, it never pays off. The fact that he's like a pervert never pays off in terms of, like, the plot. The fact that he's a genius never pays off in the plot. And he just gets space dementia and shoots at everybody with a gun that's on their fucking spacecraft, which, like, leads to the question of, like, why would there be a gun on their fucking space vehicle? Oh, Russians, 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 Russians actually put <clears throat> shotguns on their um, escape pods, uh, the Soyuz. Um, because, uh, not because they expect to fall into, like, enemy territory and need to defend themselves. They're, like, shotguns, actually. It's to defend themselves against bears because they expect to land in Siberia somewhere. Yeah, this was a vehicle that drove on on a fucking asteroid. With the machine gun. (laughs) Yeah. There was no bears there. There could have been space bears. Yeah. You never know. I mean, okay, the the DVD commentary that Ben Affleck does is famous because it has Ben Affleck pointing out, like, the core logic of the movie which is that it's the best it would not be easier to teach oil <laughs> drillers how to be astronauts than it would be to teach astronauts fuck that how to drill it how to how to drill especially when there's so much overlap like they already know 
engineering. They already are, are like they have engineers. They can they can work a drill, and it's just a one line fix that um, is thrown into into the movie. That like uh, oh you fucking screwed it up. You you built you built it wrong. You did a piss poor job of it. Is what what uh, Bruce Willis Bruce. Uh, says. But like. Look, Bruno. for a movie that's made from, like, seven different screenplays... I, I know about this because... I, I, this is mentioned in a previous episode. I, this will be a quick aside. I can do it in, like, a minute. Less. Um, Two minutes. Is that at my, at, my, at my film school when I was in college, we had, like, industry insiders come, and we had, like, people who actually, like, directed movies or written movies come and give speeches. And one of them was the guy who wrote the movie Air Force One. And he was talking <gasps> about how, you know, sometimes you sell a movie and... and, and they hire another screenwriter to go and do revisions, and he cha- makes changes. Sometimes you sell a movie, and they hire you, and you're the one who gets to make all these changes. But the movie you end up writing can be completely different than what you sold. And somebody asked, well, how different was Air Force One when you sold it? And he says, Air Force One, when I sold it, did not. It, it, there was no president, or nor did it take, or, uh, it did not take place on Air Force One. It took place on a space station. And it was like the near future, and the hero wasn't the president. It was like... Um, John Glenn, the fucking uh, astronaut senator. It was like an astronaut senator slash Navy guy was like going into to, to space. And, dude, and, uh, dude, that's fucking lockout from guy, starring Guy Pierce. Well, no, that's a guy from New York. But uh, it, so in, in this in the it's script, diehard in space. In the script, it was still had, it still had like the Russians. It, it was like a you know ISS Russians U.S. and then Russian separatists take it over, and uh, the, the the like. The reason why it sold at the time was because in the late mid to late nineties, you know, I, the International Space Station was being planned. Mir was ISS. up there, the Russian space station, and it was falling Mir. apart. And every studio so was just is. buying up space station movies. Yeah, this movie, Die Hard on the space station scripts. There was like twenty of them per studio had sold, and his, his sold, and then they they you know it. it got greenlit and they cast Harrison Ford and then Harrison said I'm not going into space again so they were oh. like oh fuck he won't he won't do a space movie uh, what if he was the president and what if it was Air Force One and then they they rewrite it even though like 70% of the dialogue stays the same and, and goes across from script Dude, wh- but what was one of his scripts one of he he had multiple fucking space station die hard on a space station scripts if one mm-hmm. of them got fucking bought by Disney and and so like lines of that script are in the, in in Armageddon for like Peter Stormare's character so like the movie is a fucking Frankenstein freak show of seven different they have seven different screenwriters credited the guy I'm talking about is not even credited for the movie and yet so there's others like probably twenty different screenwriters work all over that place in that, in that movie. It's, it's, it's Michael Bay. The way he works is he gives you a buffet. That's why Armageddon also has four different editors. So he could see it. multiple different cuts uh, of his dailies as they were coming in. Like he, he, he throws everything at you and it's unfocused and it's, just, it, it's basically like doing a drug and Armageddon is kind of the peak of drug Michael Bay. No, I would say Armageddon is the end of clairvoyant, clear, Minded Michael Bay. I mean, he was still clairvoyant, I guess, in, in Transformers. He predicted Pearl said. Harbor in the next movie. Hey, dude, the I, yeah, yeah, the island we've said is even possibly a prediction of shit, right? We That's know. our next prediction. When we went back to our Michael Bay conversation, I forget which episode it was, maybe Songbird. We talked about Michael Bay predicted COVID-23 and Songbird <coughs> was in the year 2024. Anyways, um, Baby yeah, uh, Ford ruined Call of the Wild, too. I mean, they couldn't film with a dog because he didn't want to film with a dog. 
And I'm they couldn't film in Alaska because he didn't want to film in Alaska. I'm not going to So they shot to the whole Alaska. fucking movie with a green screen. And they shot the whole movie with Terry Notary, who plays, like, King Kong in Kong School Island and plays uh, Rocket in the uh, Planet of the Ape films. Terry Notary plays the dog. And I got to tell you, it's actually a great movie. And watching it and knowing that that's a man that Harrison Ford is loving up against when he's, like, rubbing the dog is the best. But uh, it's weird that Ford is so influential all because of what? Stuff he doesn't want to do, basically. Yeah, because it's like he doesn't want to be Indiana much, but he's okay with Indiana to some extent. Ford hates Han Solo, doesn't want to return to Jack Ryan. So they made a, 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 a pseudo-Jack Ryan movie, which you just described as Air Force One, which was actually a movie that's supposed to take place in space. For, so it's like, what? I always thought, I always assumed Air Force One actually came from a Jack Ryan, Ryan situation where they wanted to make a Jack no. Ryan film. They couldn't get rights to any Jack Ryan films. So they're like, fucking Harry, will you just do like a Jack Ryan like movie where you like play the president as Jack Ryan? He's like, okay, sure. Nope. That's not no, as far it was as I a space it. movie, and Lockout with Guy Pierce, by the way, as I mentioned, really good movie, really good movie. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie, but it, I mean, it, it won a lawsuit, or the uh, Carpenter or whoever owns the rights to Escape from New York won a lawsuit against that movie. Did it really? Similar. Yeah, because I remember it being called <clears throat> Die Hard in Space when it came out. Well, because it's a it's not Die Hard though; it's Escape from New York. It's a prison fucking. It really colony. is Escape from New York. No, I didn't. I had not seen Escape from New York when that. No, movie the, came the out. Carpenter Estate sued. Uh, what's what's uh what's the, uh, the the pervert French director who produced that movie? Roman Polanski produced that. No, 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 no. The other one, the fucking Leon the Professional guy. What's his name? Oh fuck yeah! Fifth Element. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, oh shit. Um, Luc Besson. Very good. Yes, correct. Luke Besson. Uh, very good. Yeah, he uh, he produced it. Um, and he got he, he lost the lawsuit. But it's a French lawsuit, and their laws are different because they don't have freedom. So diff. All right. Let's, get, let's move forward, uh, please, to a quick cool boy rating of Greenland. Oh, my God. So quick. So, Felk. Yes. I love Gerard Butler. I have heard. I love almost everything he's in. I love him. You would have sex with him. Gerard Butler, honestly, if you're into fucking straight dudes, call me. Because seriously, Dracula 2000, I think, was the first time I was ever introduced to him. And I saw that shit in the theaters. Okay. I was like, who is this Dracula guy? And when he's not on screen, I kept thinking to myself, where is this Dracula guy? And when am I going to see him again? Yeah. That's when you fall in love with him. He's so sexual in that movie. I mean, literally, when I'm watching that film, when he appears on screen, my popcorn goes flying everywhere. Okay? He's so fit, as I said earlier. I don't know what that's a reference to, but... (laughs) It's a reference to uh, some fucking dumbass (laughs) article about tarts. and uh, Gerard Butler fans are called tarts. Um, So, Reign of Fire was the second movie. (laughs) The Reign of Fire second movie I saw him in. Yeah, that me too. Also, actually, actually, the first movie you saw him in was Tomorrow Never Dies. But uh, oh yeah, I don't he, really remember him in that. He movie, has one line right. of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, he is in that. Yeah, he's in that actually. Yeah, uh, but I I, rec- I actually remember noticing Gerard in Dracula 2000. Fa- uh, right, Reign of Fire. He's up against McConaughey. Are we going to review every Bale. Gerard Butler movie? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going. Of course, I'm not going to. I'm just talking about ones that are important to me. I guess. Um, 
But Rate of Fire, he stands out. That could still be like 15 movies. No, I'm not talking about every Gerard Butler film. But he stands out in Rain of Fire, especially the uh, the, the scene with uh, Christian where they they, uh, uh, reenact Empire Strikes Back. That actually is a great scene. Now they're they're lying to the children by implying that they made it up. And as we learned in our last spoiler cast, nothing good comes from lies. If I, I don't give a shit if I was a kid then, and they're pretending they're telling me the story, and then I fight. I don't give. I don't even know what Star Wars is. I'm just like, wow, Black well, Knight. Well, to be fair, George Lucas ripped off the stories too. So he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. From uh, from uh, Hidden Fortress and so forth. Um, Phantom of the Opera was actually a, uh, he was he was the Phantom in that and 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 uh, to like I think what 2004. He yeah. actually, I I fucking my mom forced me. To go see Phantom of the Opera. My girlfriend for it. As a kid, I had to go see it in person. And then I had to watch the fucking Phantom of the Opera movies. As a kid, I had to watch them all. And, 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 of course, in the uh, uh, Gerard Butler uh, 2004 one, in which my mom also oh, had. Oh, God, I just realized this is on the docket. You have a quick cool boy rating of. Oh, no, wait. I, I, I just read that as a quick cool boy rating of Gerard Butler. I, oh, no, I don't have a Gerard Butler, no. You give him uh, five no, out of fan, five. Are you kidding me? But Phantom of the Opera is, like, you know, I mean, I had to see, like, the 1943 version, all the 1925 right. version, the 2004 version, and I had to listen to all the fucking music. My mom was fucking crazy about it. I had to see the I had to see the play in, in San Francisco as a kid. Forty minutes, we times. still haven't started talking about Greenland. But dude, but Gerard Butler has to sing in Phantom of the Opera. Dude, he crushes it. Like he's the best singer I've ever heard. Dude, no, he's, but right, everyone, fine. everyone is introduced to Gerard Butler in at fucking three hundred. Three hundred comes out. We see Gerard Butler's abs. They are Sparta. Like he is fucking amazing. And we love him. And then the, he dies for us. He's the best. But, okay, 300 is not enough. He hits us right away with Rock and Rolla. He hits us with Gamer. You spent longer Casey's- on Phantom of the Opera than you did on 300. <laughs> what? You spent longer on Phantom of the Opera than you did on <laughs> guess, 300. Yeah. Well, everyone knows 300, whatever. That's true, that's game- true. He's a gamer. Gamer's actually really good. good. I actually, I actually enjoyed Gamer. Fucking Gamer's a five out of five boy movie for me. Right, that's not true, but sure. Chasing Mavericks. I actually watched it on a fucking plane, and I loved it. I fucking made a documentary about Jay Moriarty, and and like all these other characters in, that are in that film. I fucking like met some of them, and it was crazy. I never actually met the character uh, uh, Butler plays, but um. That was just like I was just like, dude, Gerard, what are you doing? You're getting, you're connecting with me now with this Chasing Mavericks. I haven't heard of this movie, so. <laughs> oh, Chasing Mavericks is really good. It's about Jay Moriarty, who's a very young surfer. He did the Iron Cross at Mavericks. Oh yeah, and, okay, that one I know. And then he died uh, at the Maldives, um, doing uh, free diving, and uh, and they did this huge thing well. in Santa Cruz, which I place I love, go visit all the time. Yeah, went to school, and um. Yeah, they did this huge thing there where he like they did a massive surf uh, circle for him for like a funeral. Jerk. Um, moving on, uh, Gerard's actually a wonderful voice actor in How to Train Your Dragon films, and when he dies in the second film, I'm actually it actually fucks me as a person like watching How to Train Your Dragon two and he sacrifices himself yeah. for Hiccup. The, it's the pretty trick I'm hardcore. getting is that any time something dramatic happens involving a character played by Gerard Butler, it really gets you emotionally. It does, because I don't want to see him die. Gods of Egypt, he's the villain, actually. So you want to see him die? He's great as a villain. Hmm. It's like watching him just fucking cut up the scenery all around him. He's just chewing here and chewing there. Definitely not seen that movie. Oh, dude, it's so good. Gods of Egypt is so good. And it's Alex Proyas. 
I know, I know. I'm aware. It's confusing. There's and Felk, I also confuse it is, it is the closest thing to Clash of the Titans 1981. Okay. Like, literally, if you want to rewatch old Ray Hauser. No, you don't get it. Never mind. <laughs> I, um, no, that, that, that makes me want to avoid it more. After Gods of Egypt, actually, you know what I saw him in next was Geostorm. And Geostorm is a five out of five boy movie. It is the worst film you'll ever see. It's like five movies crammed into one. It's exactly what you described with Air Force One. Air Force One, though, someone at least cleaned it up and made it an actual cohesive script. Geostorm is five different scripts, no cohesion. It is the best. It is the best, worst movie to ever watch. I'm not watching Geostorm. That's one record. You gotta watch Geostorm, dude. Five out of five. You gotta watch okay, it. Well, Easy. Yeah. The Weekly Planet. James and Mason told me Geostorm is terrible. So they don't know what they're talking about. Geostorm is a disaster. It's, it's an espionage <laughs> film. It's a fucking fugitive film. It is. It is like some kind of like like it, it, like space like you know thriller at times. It is amazing. Geostorm is everything you want in a, in a, in one movie. What you want when you watch an entire summer back. And summer blockbusters, all the summer blockbusters back. You're like, dude, give it to me. I want a Marvel film, I want a DC film, I want a Bond film, I want a fucking Nolan film, I want a fucking like a Bay film, I want a fucking like just give me, give me, give me. And I want all your August shit, all the shit uh, you throw in August that District Nine ended up being. I fucking want all of it. Geostorm is all of that in a blender. It's amazing. It's the best shit film I've ever seen, and it stars Gerard Butler. Show up this week. <laughs> Den of Thieves. Den uh, of Thieves actually is a movie I just rewatched the other day in bed because with my wife, but I didn't let her listen to it. I had headphones in because I don't want her to listen to my Jar Butler fantasies that I was having. And like, it's heat, but it's like, here's heat if it was done with a really shitty script starring Jar Butler and a lot more violence. Like, wait, what movie? Geostorm 2? Are you talking no, about Geostorm? Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. Den oh, of, Den of thieves. thieves. Okay, you're breaking up there. Sorry. Um, Den of Thieves is actually pretty shitty yeah. in the way that the the twist plays out. And I don't want to spoil it because in, in case anyone actually wants to listen to it, good movie. It's a fun heist movie. But uh, Hunter Killer is another one I just watched again recently. Oh my god, we're go we are going through almost all. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm not going through it all. Stop. But Hunter Killer, I really did watch recently. What about P.S. I Love You? Is that starring Jared Butler? I'm, it does, but I've never. What seen about it. the Ugly what? Truth, where, where he like? Oh, I never seen Catherine that either. Heigl. I don't. I don't hear it's good. I don't hear it's good. But Hunter Killer starts Gary Oldman as like this old like naval commander, and then Gerard Butler's the head of the submarine. This Why did you add Deep Impact and Armageddon if you knew you were going to go through every Gerard Butler I didn't, movie? Also. I didn't know about this. I just I just I love Gerard Butler. I'm telling you shit. So Gerard Butler's like Hunter Killer is is the hunt for the Red October. If it was made today, if it was made by like the Has Fallen series people, and if um. It was violent as fuck because it's otherwise it's exactly the same thing as Hunter October. It's like a fucking Russian sub captain fucking defects and gets onto a Russian sub or American sub and and, and so forth. Don't want to ruin it. All right, it. that's it. You're done. You're we're on. No, to has fallen, now. but has fallen is important because Rick Roman Waff or whatever his name is or Waff, uh, the director of Greenland. He also did Angel Has Fallen. He did Hunter Killer, I think. Um, he's a stuntman director, dude. Remember we talked about this with Extraction. Stuntman directors? This is a stuntman director who did Greenland. Okay. He started off as a stuntman. Dude, he started off as a stuntman for the best fucking movies, Felk. Like, seriously. This guy, he did stunts for Hook. 
He did stunts for Tango and Cash. He did stunts for Days of Thunder. Huh. He did stunts for Cuffs. He did stunts for The Last of the Mohegans. He did stunts for Last Action Hero. He did stunts from Earth to the Moon, the uh, okay. Tom Hanks movie. Um, he did. Uh, he directed Snitch with The Rock, Shot Caller with uh, Jamie Lannister. He directed yep. Angel Has Fallen, Greenland, and he's going to direct Night Has Fallen. So I guess he didn't direct Hunter Killer, but Hunter Killer is produced by the same people that did the Fallen series. Okay, that was. But the Fallen series is the best. Mike Banning, Troy Butler finally has a character, and he's got four fucking movies. Well, three now, four later. He's got Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, Angel Has Fallen, and we have to come, Night Has Fallen. Felk, you have started the Fallen series. Clearly, Cool Boy Nation, you must know I fucking love Mike Banning and all of his events Olympus that he Fallen goes sucks. through. It's not even a good movie. It's great. Are you kidding me? Olympus Has Fallen is really good, but it's number two in the list. Let me rank him for you real quick. So, number three, London Has Fallen. It's Great, but it's not the best. Number two, Olympus Has Fallen. Antoine Fuqua, he's the best director. He directs a great fucking movie. It's Die Hard in the White House. Eventually, uh, Roland Emmerich would do it with White House Down with Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. Not as good, but Angel Has Fallen. Nick Nolte steals the show as Mike Banning's dad, Gerard Butler's dad, and I love Angel Has Fallen. That's my number one. It's the top of my list. Okay, Greenland. <laughs> Greenland, I give it five out of five. Really? Points. 51 yeah. minutes? Oh, well, no, no, we haven't been recording for that long. Let's see. 47 minutes in. The children are listening to our podcast and going, when are they going to get to Greenland? <laughs> Mommy, why is I sign on for a podcast about Greenland, and here I am fucking stupidly thinking that I can fucking, uh, that we won't have much, that you won't have much to say about Greenland because you saw it a while ago, and you. No, I'm and I can actually talk about Butler. the important things that are going in on the world. We have a fucking war going on against 75 million Americans are being unpersoned right now in real time. And I thought maybe I could sneak some of that in. But instead, I took had to wait for 40 <laughs> minutes. Well, yeah, I took up three talking about Harrison Ford and fucking Air Force One. But uh, 40 minutes of going through every Gerard Butler movie and meaninglessly deep impact in Armageddon as well. This is you not love fair. Him. This is not fair. This is mischaracterization. You're, you're saying... All of the 48 minutes we've been recording, which some of it I'm sure has been cut out, you're saying I have taken up 48 minutes of this content with Gerard There Butler. was a lot of Gerard Butler love. There was, oh, I'm sure. Fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm, I'm a tart. I'm tart. I'm a gushing. I'm gushing for, gu I didn't, for I didn't Butler. I didn't realize it was this intense. Dude. Have you honestly, masturbated to a picture of Gerard Butler? No, no. I, can't, I cannot get off the men, but I love watching them in movies like this. If you had to fuck any man on the planet, would it be, would it be Gerard Butler? Denzel Washington every morning. I don't know. I'm going black. I don't know. That might hurt more. I, uh, dude, fucking, I think Denzel would be amazing. First of all, I think it's some like days Denzel's going right? to make love. I think some days Denzel is going to fuck you. And I think some days he's going to let you fuck him, ride him. I can't wait to the day I ride him. That's going to be the best. I don't know. That's know. literally going to be. The uh, day where right. I get to show off my hip moves in my abs. All right, we got to move on. Greenland. I'm going to give it four abs. out of five boys. Dude, so you liked it? I really liked it. I really enjoyed Greenland. I so wish I'll... we could have talked about it earlier, but yeah, I liked. I, I enjoyed Greenland. So that's it. We're done, Cool Boy Nation. Give us your boys for Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> Email us that. No, folks, seriously, tell me more about Greenland, because I'm sure people already know what I'm going to do, and I'm already saying a bunch uh, about Gerard. A lot about how much you love Gerard Butler. I think Gerard Butler is a fine leading man, but he is not a mark of quality to me. 
uh, he kind of oh, he's that. not going to get me to see a movie because Gerard Butler's in it. Obviously, <laughs> that's you. the opposite of you. Where I'm, I'm watching you, The Vanishing tonight, honestly, after this. You're watching what? The Vanishing. It's another movie he did recently. Okay, Vanishing or Vanishing. It's about lighthouses. It's the good. It's the good lighthouse movie. Not the shade. Another lighthouse film that I loved. All right, I'll just say a couple of things. Uh, I paid twenty dollars to see Greenland through the early access program that various studios have with uh, I paid Amazon nothing. and everything. I know you. You. I mean, that's that's the thing. You love Gerard Butler so much, but his PayPal account stays the same. Whereas I fucking actually put my money into Gerard Butler. Yeah. $20 of it. Oh, dude. I got it from somebody working somehow for. Gerard Butler? So, yeah. So, that's, yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, let me finish. My point is, is that uh, it is not a $20 worth for a rental good. But I was happy that compared to the last time I spent $20 to rent a movie on Songbird, uh, this was at least two hours worth of content. And because it was made. Yeah, it's better than Songbird, but it's not really fair to compare because it was made before COVID when you can make real movies. What? Songbird, honestly, I love Songbird. I've been thinking about Songbird, and it's like it's almost Hitchcockian in levels of quality. Okay, you can't be sarcastic when you're doing movie reviews. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't it's all it's unfair to songbird to like compare it to real movies that were made under like regular rules and yeah because this, this was this was a movie that's supposed to be i think released in like first quarter second quarter of 2020 i'm sure yeah i think it was a february release it was one of those the first movies that were pushed back so i think so yeah and yeah obviously there's no covid restrictions when they were filming it but uh so, but it, it, I mean, I didn't know, I hadn't seen a trailer of Greenland. I, I was going off your description. You were paying attention. What? You were paying attention. Because I sent you an email or a text or whatever with the Greenland trailer. Said, yeah, and I see fucking Gerard Butler in a movie and I go, oh, good, another Geostorm. Another shitty oh, movie felt, that Ballard the, loves because he wants to have sex with Gerard Butler. What's the other movie I'm excited for that's like Geostorm, that's like Greenland, that I've also been telling you guys in the text and you've probably not been paying attention to? I don't know. Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. Okay. Yeah, the I thought that was about a the fl- moon I, crashing into Earth. I thought that was about. I thought that was the in the uh, has fallen series because it had fallen the title. Oh, I can. And only also, know, I was under I the impression hope. at the time that Roland Emmerich had directed Olympus Has Fallen when he actually he did White House Down and Anton Fuqua did. Yeah, Antoine. Oh, my God. Antoine Fuqua is one of the best directors in fucking Hollywood. I love almost everything that guy does. No, do not review all of his movies right now. A, I love love King Arthur. I love fucking Training Day. I love Tears for the Sun. Now you're just in random order. This isn't even chronological. Well, I don't think I did Gerard Butler's in chronological, did I? They were most. I they were so. pretty. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. Oh, you, did I? You went. You went through a pretty. I think pretty much in, in order of release. Um, okay. Nice. Olympus has fallen. I, I didn't think it was very good, but but Greenland. It's very I good. Really, I liked Greenland. I'm getting angry. I've never gotten angry on a, on a review before. This is. I gotta not take this so personally. But I like the like movie drawing. we're actually reviewing. We're, we're talking about <laughs> other movies. <laughs> I hadn't seen a trailer for Greenland, so I didn't know what to expect. I was going off descriptions of it on podcasts because I, I, I want I kind of wanted to go in cold. Weekly Planet, you, the Weekly Planet. You get you get the impression that like okay, it's a big fucking disaster movie. It's a fucking you, you, it, in in Gerard Butler's level of quality in his other movies, which is not great for the most part. Although you love them, 
I, I thought it would be along the lines of like San Andreas or Rampage. So or, good. Or, or the San Andreas is so good. Yes, San Andreas is it. By the way, Geo, okay, Geostorm is actually not hitting the house because I haven't shown it to the kids yet. I can't wait to show it. But uh, everyone in the house loves Greenland. Okay, everyone. I, when you told me you were watching, you show Greenland your kids Greenland. Night, Greenland's pretty fucking oh, serious. Dude, we okay. We've watched Greenland many times in my house, and what, last night when you were like, "Dude, I'm gonna watch Greenland tonight. Maybe we can talk about that tomorrow." I was like, "Yeah." I put Greenland on. My family, we've already watched it. Well, the kids kind of came in and out because they remember. But there's certain scenes like the kids wanted to run in and rewatch specifically because they're like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, what is this scene? Oh my god, Greenland. Oh, I love the scene that I hated that I earlier. Because dude, oh, fuck, I had Greenland the first time I watched it. I had stopped twice. This is the most intense you've ever been about a fucking. Subject. <laughs> Gerard Butler's the most intense. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jar Jar Binks? Fucking bigger Luke? Wait, seriously though. What? No, wait. What is? What was the last thing you remember me saying? So we can at least give you. A I was talking about. I was talking about Gerard Butler being. Uh, I was talking about no. I was fucking got Gerard Butler on the brain now. No, I was talking about how Greenland. It wasn't what I was expecting. I was thinking it was going to be like a big dumb action movie. Uh, about explosions. I was thinking 2012, basically. A Roland Emmerich disaster movie. And instead, this reminded me more, way more of War of the Worlds. And that it's, it's it's more about people going crazy and doing fucking bad person stuff because they're trying yes. to survive. And, and, and it is about drama. And, uh, and that, mm -hmm. like, it was all interesting. And it was all kind of a new perspective on it. And it was also it, it very clearly made before COVID. Yeah. And before... I mean, it, it had to have been made during the Trump administration, obviously, and it, but it might have been written yes. early in the Trump administration. I, I, I couldn't separate this movie from <laughs> the fact that Trump is, was, has been the president for so long. Because the movie, like, it's only about 10, 15 minutes in that the plot kicks into gear, and it, it kicks into gear with a presidential alert uh, go, going straight to Gerard Butler's phone. And it's like, it's weird to fucking see that because, like, you obviously never see the president. It's, it, like I said, in a Roland Emmerich movie, the president would be a character. In, in Deep Impact, the president's a character. Uh, but in this movie, uh, Armageddon. It's, it's, it's all, in Greenland, it's all on the ground. You're following one guy, like, mm -hmm. and dealing with a family drama like War of the Worlds did. So the president's never named. It's just, you, you, you know that he's involved in creating this system. And it's just fucking weird to think because... It's like the 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 presidential selection system. I mean, all right, what did I text you? <laughs> I was fucking watching it. Do you remember? I don't remember. No, what did you write? Uh, I, I laughed out loud that there was a fucking emergency shelter system in place to select uh, people. And I laughed at the idea that uh, only, clearly this movie was made during the Trump administration because as evidenced by the fact that Joe Biden just put out his fucking th his statement about how we're going to distribute COVID uh, relief funding. We're going to give it to uh, black owned businesses and Latino oh, owned yes. businesses yes. and Asian owned businesses. It's like he listed every race except white people. And it's like, Oh, that's weird. And in this movie, like the first people you, you, you get these alerts is it's a white family. I know Mar Marina back is probably something not quite white, but the kid is fucking white Super as fuck. White. And, and, and Gerard Butler's the the whitest kind of white Scottish, I think. He's Scottish, right? He's yeah, he's Scottish from Glasgow. Yeah. So so uh, I was just like, a white family being the first people to get the fucking evacuation alert. Marina Marina is Brazilian American, just so you know. And Greenland nah. was uh, started filming actually in uh, 
in June 2019, but they started production or pre-production in May 2018 with Chris Evans in the main role with Neil Blomkamp directing, actually. That would have been a horrible movie. Chris yeah, Evans is not... Yeah, can you imagine how shitty that would have been? Yeah. Wow. Chris Evans is such a fucking simp. He's not He's not a, a, a man. You wouldn't, you wouldn't buy... You wouldn't buy any of his fucking... The, the brave stuff Gerard's character has to Dude. do if it was being if done Chris by Chris Evans. If Chris Evans used a soap, I would buy that soap immediately. But, uh, yeah, because, like, the, the first thing that happens when he gets it on his phone is, like, there's, like, a black woman behind him, and he's like, why didn't I get it on my phone? And it's like, well, once Biden's in charge, you will, <laughs> so don't worry about it. Uh, but that was that was kind of stupid, too, like, the fact that it comes on his TV. I love that. Like, in front of everybody. It's, like, giving it away. And, and uh, just... Dude, like, you had all- no time. You had to leave that night. I just, I, I just couldn't help but think of Trump being behind it all. Like, we have the best fallout shelters. We have the best Greenland. We have the best system. If Everybody's going to get on the plane. If you got diabetes, you're not going to get on the plane. But everybody else is going to get on the plane. It's like, what, like <laughs> it, was just, it was just weird to take all that stuff seriously. And there's that part where Marina Baccarin, like, hugs that nurse. And it's like, I love you so much. And it's just like, oh, this was written way, way before we all got fucking sick and tired of nurses <laughs> thinking they're so goddamn great and doing TikTok videos while you can't say goodbye to your grandma. <sighs> I, That's I all I have to say about Greenland. <laughs> I know a lot of nurses, and I appreciate all of their fucking help because they take on a lot of fucking brunt of everything. Not this movie, this movie, where that fucking kid has diabetes and he's like at the fucking uh, I love military center, and it's like, they're like, "All right, we're gonna take, we're gonna take care of you." And the the nurse is like, "Yeah, we tested his blood sugar. He was a little low. We gave him insulin." All I could think about was the fucking hour and fifteen minutes that I s- stood in an emergency room when I had my fucking. Uh, kidney stone just just wait oh, like dude. nurses just walking by and i'm just like please help me and they're like we'll get to you we'll fucking dude, get one of my you. favorite things about this movie is like how major breen like uh, uh who's the uh, uh united states air force uh uh officer that uh marine Brac- marina baccarine uh talks to so and hot. she's like marina marina's like what if this was your family? And Major Breen's all like, my, my family wasn't selected, ma'am. 99% of our forces weren't. Yeah, we were all volunteers scene. here just doing our jobs. And then Marina's all like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. But I loved that when she dealt with people, I, this is a fantasy. This is so a fantasy. This movie, I mean, the fantasy is. Because like, I love when she dealt with people and she got like answers. Like she's screaming at this one lady, like they sent me over here to talk to you. That my son would be over here. And this other guy behind her goes, "Man, no, I want to talk to you. Let me take you aside." And I'm just thinking to myself, "Yeah, that's the way bureaucracy is supposed to work." Yeah, the, sec- <laughs> like, the, the, yeah. the second authoritative black person steps in and says, "All right, here's the situation. Here's the situation." No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just recalling what happens in the movie. It says, "Here's the situation." Here's why we can and can't help, but here's I'm gonna do everything I can to help you. And and like in real life, it, people in a, in authority, military, nurses, Ugh. cops, whoever, they never fucking say, "All right, we're gonna help you. Stop. We're gonna stop everything. We're gonna solve this problem." They say, "Wait in fucking line, fill out your forms. We'll get to you are in you 45 minutes." No, they're not that efficient in the best of times. Yes, they are. When Marina Baccarin types come around, they're just like, whoa, look at this hottie. She's a smoke show. 
Ma'am, come over here. You guys no, that nurse here. was doing stuff for the, the kid, not for Marina Backward. She met, the, met Marina Backward after. The, oh, the, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the nurses she hugs. Yeah, well, she's and, all, she's like, we, we, checked his, we checked his levels twice. We gave him a shot of insulin. Yeah, I know that, what you mean, yeah. Is that the kid for, is that Homelander's son? Is that the same actor? I, I don't think it is. This, but this kid's fucking crushing this movie. He ugly cries. I hated cries this kid. He, I thought this movie was. I thought the kid was oh, the dude, worst part of the movie. Oh, dude, I fucking love him. He okay when he talks about he, at the very end of the he's movie. He's such a he pussy. He, well, a little bit, but he references it when they're driving to Canada. He's all like, he's like, well, my friend Teddy's all like, flashes happen when you die, which is mean the flashes of your life playing before your eyes, and then that later in the movie, too. right before the asteroid hits or the sorry the comet fragment hits that's nine miles wide. Um, he's all like, what are the flashes coming? And I'm just, as a parent myself, I'm just like, oh my fucking God, this is tearing me apart. And then they had that entire ending up flashes montage of like all the best moments of their lives together. And I'm fucking crying like a motherfucker. I really cry during movies. Dude, I was crying. I think God, I had my sunglasses on because I was crying so bad. I didn't want my kids to see me crying or my wife to notice me crying because if she notices I'm crying, she totally racks on me. So I, I was lucky enough. I was, I was hiding that. But my God, I was. crying. Why were you wearing your sunglasses when watching a movie? I don't, I don't. Dude, I, I always wear my sunglasses at night. Okay, I don't know how much of anything you say is true. <laughs> It's difficult. I don't even know if you legitimately cried at this movie or not. I don't. You don't even know if I've seen this movie. I, haven't even I, 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 I think I, I can figure that one out. Um, all of this, all of this, just could have been good research. Okay. Just some good research on the internet. <laughs> a few, a few notes on Roger Dale Floyd, Nathan Garrity. Uh, the diabetes is a ticking plot was ripped off from Con Air. I love it though. I Once love one movie it. uses diabe- needing diabetes medication as a plot point, no other movie can do it again. Because diabetes is not that widespread. Only like 12 Dude, people in America all, have all, diabetes. Rick Roman Waff, or whatever his name is, nailed it. Nailed it in this Con Air Dominic. Oh, he read the entire book. Wikipedia page for diabetes, I'm sure, before he did this research. <laughs> he read everything. And then he wrote to his publicist and said, I did all the research needed. And then they put in all the fucking no, like, I just variety fucking hate articles. The, kid. I hate, like, I, the fact that the fucking kid knocks the diabetes thing out. You could have had that be uh, a fucking pickpocketer in, in, in the crowd or something, but no, it's the fucking dumb kid. A real responsible dad real. would go, okay, son, real. you got to go back to the car and get your own fucking diabetes <laughs> medicine like my dad made mom. me do. <laughs> when I was diabetic like, during a comet. Excuse me, excuse me. Okay, here, as, a, as, a, as an actual parent, I thought to myself, okay, the way it's left in the car felt real to me. But here's the issue I had. As a parent, I would have just... I would, Gerard Are your Butler's kids often all, like, leaving things in cars during comet evacuations? <laughs> no, no. Here's what Gerard Butler does that I would not do. Gerard Butler goes, um, I'm going to go run back to the car and get the diabetes uh, insulin. And I, I would have done this. I would have walked over to an officer or a military person, right, and been like, soldier, and been like, excuse me, do you have any insulin here at this base? Because I'm sure you have insulin here at this base. And my son needs insulin. At that point, they would have been like, oh, we're canceling and scrubbing your flight. And I would have had to do the same thing that Gerard Butler has to do throughout the whole film, which is – I don't know Greenland. what you're talking about. You're on record with what you would have done. What you would have done is you would have said, I'm going back to the car to get the diabetes medicine, then abandoned your family, gone and found Nolan, and gone to live a gay adventure in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> of course, what, in this scenario, there's no this? post-apocalypse because the, the comet kills everybody. But you, you would have found I a way to be gay this? in the future. What did I say this? 
This is during our fucking post-apocalypse uh, BuzzFeed quiz. We were talking. We had to take quizzes on like what you would do, and you had this whole convoluted thing about finding some Brad Pitt-looking guy to go off to, and have a gay adventure on after abandoning your family and leaving them to fend for yourself. I know you wouldn't really do that because you're actually a really uh, good person, but I mean, it was to, a funny bit. It's a good and bit. It was it's also uh, contradictory to Gerard Butler's uh, constant opportunities. He constantly has opportunities to just abandon his family. He could have stayed on the plane after he found out he was on the plane and they weren't. He could have gone he off also to gets Greenland everyone and had gay orgies killed. in Greenland. He gets everyone on that plane killed. Anyone that was on that plane when that plane blows up or the plane next to it that blows up is because Gerard Butler was like, stop, let me off. And they're like, all right, stop, stop. Oh, yeah, because the, the people ransack it like seconds later. No, no, if they had not had to stop for someone to get off the plane, that plane would have been on the runway and would have been far away from the, you know, the breached gates or whatever the fuck. This whole um, movie is Gerard Butler saying, I'm more important than everyone else. I mean, realistically, if the rule was that diabetics shouldn't be in the fucking bunker, uh, they then, then they should respect that rule rather than cheating their way into uh, a fucking slot that they, they're not supposed to have. Because no, so cheating so is wrong, according to the last movie you watched, Wonder Woman 1984, and nothing good no, comes from not. lies. No, no, no. Uh, cheating's not wrong. It's that wishing is wrong is what I learned from Wonder Woman 84. No, Wonder Woman no, cheats in the beginning when she's a little girl. This movie needs, really what it needed is, it has this horrible, I want to get into this later a little bit more, but it has this horrible nine months later moment at the end of the film, which is honestly ruins the movie in, in some ways for me. In a lot of ways, because um, the, the diabetes thing doesn't make sense. Right, because the kids should have been dead. When you yeah. see Marina Baccarin and Jar Butler at the end, and they're like, oh, sunlight again, that kid should have been dead. They didn't have a nine-month supply in that little fucking They did not have nine months of insulin. And the whole reason he could not go on the flight was because they don't got insulin at the Thule Air Base in fucking Greenland, in northern Greenland and the Arctic Circle. I think it's also so, a survival thing. I mean, you, your right, chance of if you have diabetes, your chance of living over fifty is like dramatically lower than. If the president is diabetic, he's got all of the insulin in that fucking bunker. It no, all goes they, to him first. They wouldn't have let Trump. I mean, they would have. Pence would probably have gotten in, but not Trump. Oh, dude, Pence. No one's gonna let Pence in. I'm sorry. It's sad. It's sad. Pence, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, like, it is worth like, noting. Is it's this sad, why Pence. Trump wanted to buy Greenland? Is it because he knows? <laughs> like He knows. This shit's coming. Yeah. But we have our Thule Air Base there. So we have an American United States uh, Air Force Base up in uh, Thule, Greenland. And it's uh, a whole area that they've got locked down. It's the only tugboat exists, actually, in the entire Air Force at the Thule Air Base. Um but yeah, I think I liked Greenland and I liked how it like how it worked its way there. I do have an issue with the nine months part, and here's what I'll just get into it now. I guess might as well because we're talking about it at the ending. Um, so the end of the movie is the only part that it's hard for me to swallow is that like they talk about this whole uh, this whole movie, this uh, planetary killer asteroid or comet, sorry, comet fragment, and at the end of the film they finally tell you it's nine miles wide which is larger than the six mile wide asteroid that took off the dinosaur 66 million years ago yes but much and much so, much smaller than the size of texas but smaller than the size of texas which is what uh, armageddon was and um so this asteroid that it, it, or sorry this comet fragment that's about to hit earth and wipe out earth and everything like that well it's n at nine miles just just remember that nine miles no when I looked this up, because I thought to myself, nine months, as soon as the movie played to me, and as I said, I've seen this movie many times. And the first time this movie played to me, I went, nine months? That doesn't seem right. That seems way too short. So yeah, I looked into it. 
I thought the dinosaurs he, was like 40,000 like years or something. Dude, right. Okay. So the dinosaurs was 66 million years ago, right? That was a 10-kilometer fucking a- or 6-mile asteroid, 10 yeah. kilometers. The but the closest like thing I can think of like when it came to like habitable Earth, so a a 1.25-mile asteroid, so like 2 kilometers. It would take 2 years to rebuild the ozone with that type of asteroid impacting Earth. It would destroy the atmosphere so fucking much. It would cause mutations because of the solar rays that would be hitting the Earth without the fucking uh, ozone. It would take years for the nuclear winter to wear off. Years. And that's that's an, a 1.25-mile asteroid. This is a comet fragment nine miles wide. And all of a sudden, they're nine months later. They're like, the radiation's subsiding. I'm like, whoa. So here's where I have an issue. It's nine months because the kid, they'd have to like have a different kid. They, exactly. Exactly. But they, they, the kid should have, A, been dead if they were going to do that scene. But I don't think they needed that scene. I honestly think when the movie ends with Gerard Butler and his wife looking at them with their child and they're and, and it's a loving shot of each other and then it cuts and then all of a sudden you see like these shots of like Sydney and Paris and I think it's like Chicago and maybe the Vatican all destroyed and you're like, Oh shit. The movie could have ended there for me. Like, well, I, I did I'll, not I'll tell you this, know I'll tell you this. After after I texted you the last thing I texted, um, which is probably something about Joe Biden hating white people. Um, I, I, I got <laughs> into the movie it? enough that I didn't look at my like I didn't look at my phone during this movie. I, I had a cinematic experience in in my home theater. Just watched the movie. It wasn't like Wonder Woman where I'm like and you and you actually gonna, have just so we're clear, uh, Cool Boy Nation. Felk actually has a large TV screen, five point one or seven point one surround sound. He does not have a sound bar. You actually have like a real thing going on. I have a seven point one receiver, actually seven point two receiver, but it's not wired for. It's only wired for five point one. Nice. But yeah, no, I have I have a very good home theater, and and yeah, I mean, I I, I watched, I, I was drawn in this movie. My point is, is that I didn't look at my phone or my watch or even know what time it was, so I didn't know when the two hours were up. And when they're at, we'll get to him later. But Scott Glenn's house, uh, oh, yeah. I thought that that was where the movie was going to end, and I was like, oh, so they never even get to Greenland. But then right. all of a sudden, Gerard Butler's like, our adventure's not over. We're going to Greenland, and then we're like, yep. okay, good, they are going to Greenland. But it's like it, it's nice that the movie has a little. It's almost an epilogue because the, like the entire movie is is the family is take as a part and they're trying to get back together, and then and yeah. then mom gets back. You know, dad is separated from mom and son. Mom is separated from son because of Roy from the oh office, uh, right. and then mom gets back to son, Roy. and then finally the uh, son gets or, or the dad gets to the father in law, and then they all meet together just by. Uh, Kind of un, uh, undramatically, she just calls them and like, "I'm down the road," <laughs> and then they're like, they meet up and it's a big moment. And I was like, "Is this how it's gonna end?" Because this is kind of a shitty ending. And and no. Oh really, they, they, dude? They everything ca- you just described to me while I'm watching this movie is like Schindler's List quality to me. No, th- for it to end there, I would not have been happy. So I'm glad that they did continue on and actually get to fucking Greenland and actually get to the bunker they talked about, because that's the problem with the. Uh, Deep impact is that like the whole movie is about getting to a bunker and then they don't need the bunker because the, the, the asteroid gets diverted by the the B plot. There was no B plot. They they the asteroid hits, fucking ninety nine point nine percent of um, humans die presumably, but they still sell it as a happy ending because humanity survives, and you get to hear all the voices. Nate, well, yeah, at least voices. you get to hear some voices. The U.S. survived. Germany survived. You also hear an Indian voice. And I'm like, okay, those are the countries. You telling me fucking China doesn't have a, a, a fucking bunker for a few thousand people? Oh, they China. do somewhere in the Himalayas. 
China probably fucking was in league with the comet, you know? <laughs> they, they knew. Figure out a, they figure out a they way. They worked with Clark. They worked with the comet. Yeah, Clark. Um, I, so when you got to that point in the film, uh, you're thinking this movie might be wrapping up and then everything could be potentially epilogue from that point on. I'm think Scott Glenn's house. I'm thinking to myself, horses and Gerard Butler? And I start having flashbacks of, like, Jeff Stryker underground. And I'm thinking, what's what's going to happen with these horses in the background? Also, I'm thinking, is he going to start riding horses to Canada to get to this airport? Because, like, you know, maybe he ran out of gas to get there. But, no, I guess uh, Grandpa Scott Glenn has plenty of gas in the in the, in the truck and the pickup. Um, I definitely didn't think the movie was ending there. But I, I, I was completely uh, enthralled with the film. We had to stop the movie twice, actually. So you had a very theatrical experience. That's funny. I had uh, not a very theatrical experience. I had the first experience was when Ellie, uh, which is one of uh, uh, Nathan's um, friends early in the film, the the girl, little girl, when Ellie's parents oh, yeah. try to throw Ellie in the car, like like there's a point. It's gonna take a little bit to, for me to explain this, Felk. There's a point where Ellie is being offered into the car. Yeah, and they and and Marina is saying yes, and Gerard Butler says no, and they haven't driven away yet. I saw the movie, and yeah. <laughs> and they're about to drive away, and Liam, my son, loses his shit, hmm. and he just goes fucking, what the fuck is this? No, he doesn't swear. <laughs> he doesn't swear, but he's essentially like this kind of attitude where he's like, he's like, what the fuck is going on? Um. This I, 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 I kind of was Wait, on Doug, the let same me explain. Side too. Let me explain. Sorry. Let me explain what my son says, please. He goes, "What is going on? You guys enjoy a movie like this? You enjoy a movie where this happens, where something sad happens, where they don't take her, and she's gonna die because the comet's coming." This is my son. He's five, and he's understanding the film, but not understanding what his mother and father are enjoying about this moment. And so we had to stop the movie. And Gerard Butler doesn't have a chance to say anything. So I'm saying, like, I'm like, Liam, like, the reality in this situation, it's a movie, it's fake. But, like, if this was real, like, they couldn't take her from her mommy and daddy because they would have to probably leave her at the at the, at the uh, Air Force Base. And she would be left with a, a crazy mob probably out in front of the Air Force Base. We haven't gotten to that scene yet. Yeah. And I'm like, and she'll be probably be left with a crazy mob. And is that safe? Would you want to be left with a crazy mob? And he'd be like, no. And I'm like, and, and, and these mommy and daddy don't want – this little girl would probably be left with a crazy mob. And he goes, yeah, but she could have sit there. She's going to die because of this comet. And then we're like, we're like, we're like, dude, honestly, like, <laughs> maybe yeah. like, I mean, like, but like, like, but like, we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe she'll be okay by the end of the movie. And no, knowing full well, Emma, my wife and myself, knowing full well, this family will not come back in the story at all moving forward. No, right? no. This family's uh, gone. So we talk him through it and then we put the movie back on. And he watches it, and then Gerard Butler says the exact same thing I practically just said to uh, his family in the car. Like, we couldn't yeah. leave her. We'd just be leaving her at the front of an Air Force base. And it was really traumatic for Liam. Uh, but he got over it, and we watched the movie, and it was cool. And we talk about it. That's the one thing we do in our house. We do watch movies like this, which you said earlier, like, oh, my God, you showed your kids this movie? Yeah, I showed my kids this movie. But I talk about films with my kids. Like, I that, really I mean, that, do. That, that is the scene that, that, that I thought would be too intense for kids. So Well, there's some death scenes, actually. There's a scene later – in the um in the a pharmacy where there's shooting there's like a gang runs in with guns and starts shooting people and my daughter has seen World War Z my son is not 
was sorry, looked at me and went, World War Z. And I was like, yeah. yeah, this is actually exactly like that scene from World War Z where Brad Pitt's family has to go into the pharmacy to get the Or March drugs. of reality. Or, or yeah, or, yeah, or reality. Um, or or so, March yeah, to September. Actually, <laughs> second time I had to stop the movie while watching this as well. It was, it was just because, you know, again, it had to kind of, like, deal with the kids and everything kind of going on. Um was the uh, Nathan being kidnapped. So when Nathan's kidnapped by, as you said, uh, Roy from The Office and from uh, Tony He's Stark's mom. He's had a bad career, War. man. His whole career is just being, being fucking scumbags. It's really Sadly, bad. yeah. Yeah, because like, like, Roy's a piece of shit that eventually gets murderous on Jim. Yeah, he's always playing, and also with a fucking southern accent. They were really hard on yep. the southern accents this movie. Well, they were, they were in Atlanta, right? That was the whole point. The movie was kind of like all kind of hundreds of miles outside of Atlanta at, at most until they got to Canada. But um, when Nathan's being kidnapped, we looked at that scene and we thought, because the little boy gets taken away and we looked at the kids and my wife and I, and we were like, that was a bad moment, huh? Cause it's a kidnapping. Like it's the first kidnapping they've ever seen on film was Greenland. And now, and, and we're like, that was a bad moment. Huh? We're like, was that right kids? And, and me and my daughter's just like, no. And my son's like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? It's right. He's like, yeah, because he's do trying to help him. Do what you gotta do to survive, man. He's like, he's like, he's trying to help him. He's trying to get that boy on the plane. Yeah. And my wife and I had to stop the movie right then. And then, and I'm like, Liam, no, he could be kidnapped. That's not okay. To, his mommy got kicked off on the side of the freeway. You think that's okay? What if that happened to mommy? And Liam's like, starts thinking. I can see him thinking it through. Like, yeah, what if that was mommy? And I just look at, I just look at my wife. I'm like, babe, you gotta jump in here. This is your narrative. You're the mom in this situation. I'm a Gerard Butler scene. I can talk about all the Gerard Butler scenes, but you're the Marina Baccarat scenes. You got to talk about this a little bit. So she had to like kind of be like, you know, we this seriously took 30 minutes to all of a sudden talk about why kidnapping and how this was kidnapping and why kidna- we they know why kidnapping's bad, Felk. Well, this is unique kid I mean kidnapping's bad for it a lot of weird. reasons. It was weird. This is this is unique because It is. There's a shot where Roy, I'm just going to call him Roy. Uh, looks at the kid behind him, and I was like, he like looks at him like he like What's after the, about three thirty seconds later, you know why he was doing that. He was like, he was yeah, getting the idea shady. that he could he shady. could survive by using the the bracelets. But I was yep. gonna like, is he gonna fucking try to like molest the kid? Like, it was it was a weird look. At but, first, you think there's some weird shit with molesting for sure, because even Hope Davis, Tony Stark's mom, even like caresses the boy's face. Yeah, yeah, and also he says like with a face like that they turn him away. I'm like that was a yep. weird way to phrase it. Yeah. But there were th- th- he he's not a, a molester. He he is legitimately nope. just trying to survive, and he's like justifying it to his wife, being like, "Look, they they had their chance to get him on the plane. They fucked up. We can do it because we're fucking you know tough. They almost do, <laughs> and they, they almost succeed. The kid fucks it up <laughs> for them. So- Otherwise, they would have gotten away with it." When we were uh, talking with the kids in the 30 minutes before that, um, we were, like, talking about, like, you know, what you should say, actually come across an officer or someone, whatever. And then later that scene plays out, and the, and we're watching that go, it takes a while, right, because there's suspense in that moment. And we t- look at the kids, we're like, what would you do in this scene? And we're literally like, tell the officer, tell the officer. And they both did it. And I was like, yay, yeah. you guys passed. Now, yeah, in real the life, the it's not an officer, it's a military guy. But in real life, he would be like, shut up, kid. All right, let him on. Like, that. <laughs> Next, next, next in line. Next. Moving on. There's a, there's a comic coming. Shit. Yeah. 
Dude, I like do, that the military personnel were Do you, do you think U.S. Real. officials look into whether or not the kid is actually the kid of the people who are with them trying to cross over some kind of barrier or border? No, right. not in Biden's America. Come on through. Of course it's your kid. <laughs> uh, dude, that, that kid would have been counted as a human trafficker stat for sure. For I sure. don't care that you have fucking David Ayer tattoos and MS-13 is tattooed across your neck. Sure, that fucking child who seems to be screaming and trying to get away from you is your child. Welcome to America. Where do you hear this kind of stuff from? The Newsmax. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the Weekly Planet. The Weekly Planet. The Weekly Planet. Mr. Sunday. Uh, bop, bada, bop. All right, moving forward. Do the we military have was, was forward way too, <laughs> The military cared way too much of this movie. Oh, dude, by the way, talking about military, so uh, Major Breen, the, I, I can't remember the actress that played her, um, she's she's the one that's talking to Marina Baccarin, and she's like, my family didn't get selected either, bitch. Um, I loved her character, because I, I felt she was super real, but then I thought to myself, because I've seen this movie, like I said, like 20 times, and I was like, Major Breen? Is it possible this is a shared universe with Neil Breen, and this could be all connected. All right, that didn't even, you didn't even need to go there. We didn't need to oh, bring what? up Neil Breen this episode. Neil Breen, Neil Breen mentioned. All right, well, the, our, our docket is just characters here. Is, um, yeah, because there's not much to go off. You just kind of talk about the story you want. Well, it is, it, it, it's such a linear movie, though, and it is exciting. Like, the, the movie just kind of... It is very exciting. Ca- characters are constantly in situations, and, and as soon as one resolves it, Okay, now Marina Baccarin's got back with her fucking kid, and then they cut to Gerard Butler. Now rednecks are trying to steal his fucking bracelet. And yep. I was kind of like, well, you know the bracelet doesn't work, so just give him the bracelet. I, I didn't understand why he was like, I'm not giving you my bracelet. It's like, Yeah, well, that was weird. Well, I, obviously he had read forward in the script and knew that he would be using it later. <laughs> At that point, he, was, he, he had given up. Wait, wait. Gerard Butler used it later in the script? When? That's how they get into the military base when they finally get into Greenland. They still have their fucking ID bracelets. Oh, dude, I just assumed that like those soldiers were like, "There's people, bring them in, whatever." <laughs> like, no, whatever. no, they only had as many beds and probably food as they had people for. It couldn't just be everyone who so. got to I Greenland. I think everyone on that flight was 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 just guessing that they can make it, and the only people probably on that flight that actually were like QR coded in were were the uh, um, uh, Butler, Baccarin, and Nathan Boy. Well, I thought it was still a factor, but maybe not. Uh, I I don't I don't really know because like I, I it wasn't he really clear. He killed the dude if, over it. What? He killed the dude over it. I mean, he it killed yeah. He, he killed someone to keep to hold on to it. And uh, hammerhead. I mean, it's not really clear if everyone on the plane that's being flown by the fucking uh, criminal from the beginning of Justice League. Uh, dude, oh, are you kidding me? That's fucking Bill Tra- uh, Bill Tench from Mindhunters. Uh, yeah. With Kristoff, Jonathan, I didn't Croft know if all those people had. Guy. I didn't know if all those people had bracelets or not, or they were or no, had they actually didn't. been selected. They, I don't think they did. Holt McElhenney or McElhenney. That's what I'm reading right here. Yeah, Holt, Holt, Holt. His name's Holt. What a great fucking name! My God. Holt's yeah, that guy was awesome. But what a what a random character to have at the end. But you know what? So when you see him as a pilot at the end, you're kind of like, what? Why are they bringing this like character in at this all of a sudden? And then he dies. It's because they needed someone to sell the death at the end. Oh, you know and what? I, cool boy yeah. correction. Roy oh. was actually a good guy in 13 Hours. And also with Jim, John Krasinski. So he hasn't always played a scumbag. Are they both Navy SEALs in that movie? I think they're – well, they're, no, they're both like four higher or whatever they are. You know, uh, Blackwater guys. B- but uh, Blackwater. 
uh, contract yeah, no, killers. The, 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 the casting of Mindhunter guy, because I haven't watched Mindhunter. I have, of course, watched Justice League. Dude, that, that, also, so that, that, that threw me out because I was like, where do I know this guy from? And then I yeah. realized he's he's the guy, he's the criminal from the beginning of Justice League. That Batman. You got to watch Mindhunter, Felco. If right now, if you're at any moment, you're like, dude, I want something super solid. No, you know what? I don't want more serial killers from David Fincher. No, they've had enough. You don't want Mindhunters. You don't want Mindhunters. Yeah, I, 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 I'm tired Ficker. of serial killers. I'm getting fucking tired of serial killers. It's and I got good. Wonder Wonder Vision, Wanda Vision to watch in fucking like three Woo! days. Uh, Real soon. And I already had it spoiled to me that fucking Luke Skywalker's in fucking The Mandalorian Season 2. Who ruined that for you? I didn't see The Weekly shit. Planet did, Ballard. <laughs> oh, The Weekly Planet. The Weekly Planet. Pop to the bop. I'm doing the theme. da 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 What are we reading tonight? Yeah. I'm doing the theme. I'm doing the theme. All right, we did it enough. All right. Mason. I also did not know Scott Glenn was in this movie, so when Scott Glenn appeared, all I could think was, Scott Glenn is still alive. Doing great, Scott Glenn. I mentioned uh, earlier um, a movie starring Scott Glenn called Hunt for the Red October, also starring a, a, an actor called Sean Connery. And um, I love Scott Glenn being in this because he brings all the bravado <laughs> for the end of the film. No, he's a, he, Scott Glenn is a fucking great actor, and he played Scott great. Glenn in this movie. I believe it. I believe him. Which is to, to, to be old and tired and wise. And and, yep. and just and, and just be like and ready to die. up, but you know, you, know, you can okay. still make it right. Wait, we we're talking about Holt earlier, right? Uh, uh, Tench from Mindhunters and uh, the, the burglar, the the burglar from Justice League, and um, he's the pilot at the end of the film. And all of a sudden, when Gerard Butler's family pulls up on the runway, right, and and they just stop in front of the plane, and, and oh, Gerard's yeah. like, "He'll have to crash into me if he's gonna fly." And then all of a sudden you just see you see Bill Tench come out. He's all upset and he fucking takes off his headphones and he comes storming out of the, out of the cockpit. And and Marina's all like he seems angry. Um, I thought to myself, a real world scenario because I've seen what happens to crazy people in twenty twenty. He would just shoot was you. Made in twenty nineteen. Bill Bill Tench would have just driven the car or tried to drive the car out of the way. In the process, Gerard Butler's character would have fought him. They would have both fought on the ground for a while until a gun went off, and then the car would have been moved, and the plane would have still taken off. No, so I just, it was hard to believe that moment. Uh, Gerard Butler, that is the scene where the movie drip, dripped in, and dipped in quality as well, because Gerard Butler comes across as kind of a dick in that scene. Because, look, if you're a father, yep. and I know, I, I'm not, I am. but I know you are, I am. but hypothetically, I am. if you're in a situation where... You and your your family, your your wife and kids, or and kids in this this point, um, are are going to die because the comet's coming, and somebody yeah. says, "All right, look, I I I I'm at capacity." The, the pilot says, "I'm at capacity. I can't fucking take all of you. Then all of us will die." But your kid's small. I'll take the kid. You say, take "Kid, deal. Take the take the kid to the fucking thing, and and, and he'll live." Instead, Gerard Butler says, no, not good enough. And the guy goes, all right, maybe the mom, too. And he goes, not enough. Me, too. No, he does. Big man. He's okay, no, he says he's okay with it because he's, he's Jerry the Berry Cherry. And, the, and no, no, let me, finish, let me finish. Let me finish. Marina the, the, says not to. I know. The Marina says it. Then the pilot goes, all right, how much do you weigh? And Gerard lies and says, I weigh yep. like 150 pounds. And the guy's <laughs> I like, love him. I love Why it. are you doing this? Do you not understand? He's a structural <laughs> engineer. 
This plane is full of people. It is way over fucking capacity. In the end of this movie, it crashes, and I die. like the pilot fucking dies. Gerard Butler kills that man, morally speaking. He should have said, no, Morena, my wife, get on the fucking plane. You're right. You two combined don't weigh as much as me. Get, you, you being safe, that's fine. I, I've accepted my fate like a real man, like Scott Glenn's character does. Instead, yeah. he's, he, he's like, oh, my wife said me, I get to come too, so I'll lie about my weight. Can I come? Oh, please. Oh, the shit. Oh, oh no, the plane's barely fucking able to fucking, it's crashing into the ground because it's overweight. I wish there was something, my child might die. I wish there was something I could have done to prevent that. Like, not yeah. getting on the fucking plane. That's when I, I I questioned Gerard Butler's character's decisions. At that point, morally speaking, he should have fucking been like, that should have been the big moment where he, that could have been the end of the movie. The, the wife taking the son on the plane as the, as the fucking stairs no. close up and he says goodbye and then it cuts to black. Greenland. Um, no, though, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of the fourth act in which the family goes and flies to Greenland, but he has to ride the horse finally all the way to Greenland to get there in time. With fucking four hours left? (laughs) Yes, but he does it because he has spirit, the stallion of the planes. During the the action fucking sequence after the comet hits and the fucking plane is just like hitting the ground and it crashes. All I'm thinking is like... Sad. They really could have... I mean, if they weren't an additional 235 pounds of muscle overweight... Maybe they would have been able to, to not crash, and that pilot, that innocent pilot, could have uh, fucking had his life and flown them all the way to the bunker rather than crashing them a mile away where they'll have to rush. So you're thinking all this when you're hearing Gerard Butler's weight, and when I'm hearing Gerard Butler's weight, I keep thinking to myself, I'm like 230, maybe I could lose 20 pounds, be looking like, looking like Gerard Butler. Pounds? <laughs> or are you talking about Gerard Butler? <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> Oh, I was just thinking. I, I think you, I thought you were saying what what you would lie to the pilot, like what weight you would give to a pilot. No, I'm just <laughs> thinking like I just want to look like Gerard Butler. Like how much more weight I need to lose? Okay, he's probably being fairly honest here in this moment. It's probably he's actually like he's probably walking around at two ten. Maybe I should get to two ten. I weigh two ten. Twenty pounds. It's not. It's not my muscle. I'm though. twenty pounds over two ten for sure. Oh really? Oh yeah. There's so much dust on my exercise bike. Oh yeah. Well, if if a uh, skilled pilot is ever asking your weight, in in, in the answer will endanger your family. Say one eighty. I say one eighty. I'm gonna say one eighty. I'm gonna be like one eighty, and they'll look at me and they'll go, "You look like you're three hundred. I'll be like, "I ate a lot of top ramen. I'm very bloated. A lot of sodium. Trust me. <laughs> one eighty, baby. That's what I would say. So, um. Oh. I'm 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 uh, I'm good on this movie. I just had one last thing to talk uh, about. I, I wanted to kind of read to you a little bit of an excerpt. I got from 15 more minutes till post post may stop delivering from Fat Burger. <laughs> okay, so let's just do it then. You can order while you're listening. Yeah. All right. So felt tarts. Tarts are the people that uh, are the fans, the lovers of uh, Gerard Butler, Jerry. They call him Jerry. I mean, I Google parts, and, and that's um, not what came It's up. essentially, it came about from an online discussion about what kind of biscuit or cake would Butler would be. Um, so I uh, found this article. Oh, it's because Jerry uh, tarts are a type of tart, by the way. Oh, okay, there you go. So TMC Net uh, has this article from 2006 about the Gerard Butler Convention in Glasgow, Scotland, put on by the Gerard Butler Collective, an internet community that is, in, that is 10,000 strong in 2006. And this is an excerpt from this article. Let's go back to the Ramada Jarvis on Saturday night, where the festivities are in full swing. 
Word reaches me that Butler, a reformed alcoholic, has put one thousands of his own money behind the bar for his fans. The tarts, never shy, are making good use of it. In a corner, a large projection screen flickers into life. A figure in a light gray t-shirt flashes up. It wears a thick, set, black beard. The gabbing falls to a hush. For a brief moment, no longer than a skipped heartbeat, there is a collective intake of breath. Then, the screaming begins. Not wailing. Not shrieking. Not yelping. Screaming. Like Janet Lee having her wisdom teeth out. It takes a minute or so to die down. Women are standing atop chairs and tables. Heels wedged into sausage rolls. Starring... Or excuse me, it's just starring. Staring at one another in confusion. Jerry! It's Jerry! Oh my god, it's Jerry! And in a way, it is. Not Gerard Butler. Beyonce! Not Gerard Butler. I'll give you, I'll give you a waiting. couple of Monica nudes, but now that you changed the subject, I'm, I'm, I'm but, now so into Gerard, I'm giving you Gerard now. Great. But Jerry Faye Ralston slouched in a trailer in Montreal at 2 in the morning. Look at that. Sand sword, steed, and hair extensions. It is the big surprise. Butler is currently filming in Canada, playing the Spartan King Leonidas in the big-budget production 300, based on Frank Miller's graphic novel. He couldn't make it to Glasgow, but he insisted on recording a message. In a rumbling West Coast accent, he delivers the opening salvo of his 13-minute address to his congression. When I was a young and my brother was sitting on my head on the couch, I thought one day I will have a convention. There are gales of laughter, and Butler himself chuckles too. <laughs> Who'd have thought you guys would be over there, he says incredulously. It's crazy, beautiful, and I'm really touched and honored. I'm blown away that even one of you would come over to my home city, he winks. It's not for me, it's for you to get away from your partners. Just remember, what happens in Glasgow stays in Glasgow. Is this fan so, fiction? I don't even know what I'm hearing. This is real. I just told you this is a convention center. This okay, is a real okay. article about a convention center in 2006. Okay, the, 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 the last line sounded a little fan fiction. <laughs> it does, but this is real. Hooting and cheering erupts. The phrase is something of a fan club motto. What happens in Glasgow stays in Glasgow. Clearly, Butler has been online recently. He goes on to offer an ad hoc city guide recommending the West End and Burr's Road. Oh, and the university. Go up to the law faculty and give those bastards a punch. The video is punctuated by moments when Butler seems conscious of the preposterousness of the situation. Nevertheless, as with his mother's speech, the gratitude is there for all to see. I really love the bonds and friendships you have developed between yourselves. It's been amazing to see this grow, he says. I feel we've become a team. You've given me so much. I can't express what it means. 
When I heard I had one website, I thought it was a joke. But the care, imagination, imagination, and work <laughs> of you all never ceases to amaze me. I learn more about myself from you than I do from myself or anyone. A pause and a joke. It helps take pressure off. With that, the screen fades to black. The night will contain a second surprise when Butler, in a live telephone call, says hello over the speakers. Unfortunately, distortion on the transatlantic line renders the rest of his words unintelligible. But no one cares. He has already made their night. And that's the story of the tarts. <laughs> okay. I googled Gerard Butler tarts, and it, 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 there is nothing. Like, it, it's just tarts and photos of Gerard Butler. Felk, back, Felk, Felk. What are you talking about? You didn't go to TMC Net. Clearly, you should have gone fact, to TMC Net, baby. I have never seen this before. But if if you misspell Butler, <laughs> it gives Google actually says it looks like there aren't any matches for your search. I've never on the entire internet. <laughs> I've never seen that before. But no, dude, I, 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 I mean, here's a Pinterest uh, all about a dude who loves Gerard Butler and also photos of tarts. So maybe that's connected. Maybe I just sent you the link to the uh, TMC Net article that that little excerpt was from. It's really oh, long. Oh, Z. I, I, I was hearing Z, and I'm like, is that an alt for for fucking TMZ? No, no. TMC Net. C Net. C. All right, I'm gonna. Si, senor. Right, I'm not gonna order it just yet because something else could happen. <laughs> Who uh, knows? All right. Uh, do you, you want to do a fuck me? I'll, I'll pick Marina Baccarat. I assume you pick Gerard Butler. <laughs> Are we doing fuck? Oh yeah, we do. You do fuck me for every spoiler cast. We've never failed to ever miss one. Absolutely. If you've been following along, yeah, on this no, podcast, clearly. You know, I want Nathan. I'm just kidding. Yes, Gerard Butler. Absolutely, Gerard Butler. Uh, I will say. Oh God, <laughs> Nathan was the kid. Um, <laughs> I will say, Marina Baccarin has Dale. been uh, consistently hot for like 20 years because like Firefly was like 2002. So. Dude, she is amazing. She's she, really she's cute. a very attractive woman. And, and if you scroll through our chat uh, above the uh, pictures of Gerard Butler's asshole and giant cock, I have some nudes of her. I think one of those is fake, though. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it looks. I mean, she it looks, looks good, as good though. in this movie as she did. Let's see how how old is she? Is she? Yeah, how she was, looks just as good. As she looked in Homeland, honestly. Yeah, that was. She looks better in this. Honestly, she looks better than this in Homeland. I think Deadpool. She looks the best. The first Deadpool. I think she looks maybe one of the best. Forty-one. She's a gorgeous. Forty-one. Woman. So she gorgeous. must have been young. She was young. She was in her early twenties then, that she became famous. Dude, some of these uh, Gerard Butler nudes you found. I guess these are Candace from around his house and working out around the gym. Yeah. Uh, are are really good. He's got a huge dick. I didn't realize he had such a big dick. So yeah, in the photos of his dick, fan, it, don't, it doesn't look as big, but in these, it clearly is big. Also, yeah. sometimes it's circumcised. Sometimes no, it's always circumcised. That one's you got a cock ring. He's got a big dick, like uh, chicks with big tits wear sweatshirts, hoodies, and then they cover up their big tits forever, and you never know they have big tits until you take their sweatshirt off, and you're like, oh my god, huge titties. He's got big dick, like, but he wears jeans, which hides the big dick fairly well, unlike comfies. Which shows off that big D. I've been told I can't wear my comfies around the in-laws anymore. Too much big D. <laughs> does, your, does your wife worry about Gerard Butler? <laughs> she should. And you? Oh my God. I mean, she should. Here, here's the reality. If I got Gerard Butler in our bedroom, by the way, Gerard, call me if you're in just fucking straight dudes. Uh, I'm pretty sure my wife and I would be just so into it together. Like, okay, yeah, cool. I mean... Look, it happens all the time. Consenting adults can do whatever they want. 
I don't Absolutely. think Gerard Butler would necessarily be into it, but you never Dude, know. I, it doesn't hurt to she, ask. If she gives me Gerard Butler, I'll give her Clive Owen. Okay, it doesn't Clive hurt. has not aged very well. Gerard has, even though he's gotten fatter. Why are you both getting men, though? Why wouldn't you pick a woman? No, no, she gets to pick Clive Owen. That's okay. I'm all right with that. Okay, well, that, that's hey man, you, you do you, you do you. Um, all right, and in, in, in rankings, I'm going to say, of course, uh, I'm, Greenland's better than Dave Impact. Wait, uh, wait, ranking? What are you ranking? What the quick, fuck's going on? Oh about? yeah, a quick cool boy ranking of all the films in the franchise. Like it matters to oh me explain this to the audience at this point. Oh my god, they're lost. Uh, Armageddon is is the best, obviously, than Greenland and Deep Impact. Yeah. Oh, dude, I want to say that's the same for me, but actually, I'll just. Greenland, Armageddon, Deep Impact is the worst. Uh, Greenland is the best. I, When Greenland ends, I applaud. And I have a different sensibility than, like, my dick is still Such so hard. Such a different hard. movie. You can't really compare them. Other than Asteroids, Taylor, there's nothing similar. But my dick is so hard every day. Yes, like, for Gerard Butler. Younger, we know. We know. The, the audience has gotten it at this point. Your no, dick I know. Is hard for Gerard Butler. But my dick was really hard when I was a kid. And so when I was a kid and my dick was, like, throbbing, I had to constantly put it between the belt and my, my tummy. Yeah, like, we all went through puberty. It was tough. I, it was tough. I, I watched Armageddon, and I don't know how much of that movie is amazing at the time when I saw that or how much of that was my dick was you too like hard. Six, wait, I, you were going through puberty when you were fucking Oh, dude, Armageddon. I was like I was like seven or eight when I saw Armageddon. Right. <laughs> no, Armageddon was 98, dude. I was, uh, shit, 17 Yeah, you oh, were 17. 16. I was 16 going on 17. About and, to learn um, how to masturbate. <laughs> I was just, I had not, I'm too, I, haven't, I, I didn't even know what my penis was used for. But I, I was so hard all the time. I fucking 10 years before I saw that movie. But Armageddon today, if you put Armageddon in the theaters today, and I was able to actually see a movie today, which I did not get to see Greenland in theaters, um, I'm pretty sure I would Don't walk away with, Gre with Greenland as a harder dick. But five out of five, both of them. Oh, yeah, did we even rate Armageddon? Five out of five, 4.5 out of yeah, five? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. All right, whatever. <laughs> I give it four and a half, and I give Greenland four. So my my ratings are consistent. We're we're good. All right, Cool Boy Nation, are. give us your boys for Greenland and email us at the Cool Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Also, Gerard Butler, if you're sounds like you have some options on your table. If you want to call? <laughs> if you want to email us at the Cool Boys Podcast? Oh my god! Can you imagine if he actually reached out? I'd be like, I'd be like so wet. I know. Look how excited you got for fucking Andy Signor. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, Andy makes me wet too. Andy doesn't listen to us. He's a fucking asshole. You're, you're not. He is. He is not welcome into <laughs> your bed. I'm sure. Uh, new episodes come out no every way. Fridays. Be sure to like and subscribe. God, what an unattractive man Andy Signor is. <laughs> He's cool. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys Podcast. The making and authorized distribution of this podcast supported over 1,500 jobs and involved hundreds of thousands of hours of work. Please review us on Apple Podcasts and listen to Batman and Beyond on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. Stay tart, Tart Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Tartsies from Tart Bell. And that's Tartsies from Tart Ballard. <laughs> You are standing American boy. Oh, yeah. You've excelled in all things. Oh my god. You son of a bitch. Oh yeah. See, I got a huge cock. Oh my god. You should just fucking smile and blow me. Oh yeah. Give me what I want. Oh my god. So you can run and tell that. God damn. Oh boy. Get out of here. Get out of here. The whistles go. Woo! Yeah.